most of the time, God speaks to us in ways that are easy to dismiss if we are not paying attention to it. And if we don't have our mind quieted, it's practically impossible to get those nudges because for the most part, God and your angels do not wield a two by four ready to bang you over the head with it. It's suggestions, it's ideas, and they come as whispers of thought most of the time. Are you an ambitious, God-centered woman who is ready to live her best life now? My name is Allison Chavez, and on this podcast, I'm going to show women like you how to master your inner game so you can get out of your own way, lay down the struggle, manifest your dreams, and love life as you go. If you're ready to play the inner game to win instead of playing it not to lose so you can live your best life for the rest of your life, then head on over to prosperityapproach.com slash go and get started. Hello, prosperity seekers, and welcome to another episode of The Prosperity Approach. I'm your host, Allison Chavis. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We've been doing a series about spirituality at this point. It's our fourth cornerstone of prosperity. And really, how do we connect with our higher power? How do we connect with God? How, you know, we've learned what God's true characteristics are. We've learned like how to get God to answer your prayers and trying to stop, you know, manipulating God and what's our part in the receiving portion of prayers. But how do we know when God's actually speaking to us? How do we know when we're receiving inspiration or what I like to call a nudge? And so I really wanted to dive into that today about how God speaks to us, the different ways that he speaks to us, and then how to know whether or not it's coming from me or coming from God. You know, I think that's the biggest the biggest um, sticking point for a lot of people, myself included, for many years was, is this just my own fevered imagination or just wishing that God would give me permission on this? Or is this actually an inspired direction that I'm getting from God? So a little backstory. I remember in as a, as an adult, so probably in my mid twenties, maybe even my early thirties, I was driving with one of my friends, and she was talking about mother's intuition. And I have four children, mind you, all right. And she so she was talking about her mother's intuition, how she just n- knew something was going to happen. And I remember telling her, "Dang, I wish I had intuition." I didn't know how to recognize intuitive nudges. Now, your intuition, getting nudges, getting inspiration, getting your own revelation, like to me, that's all pretty much the same thing. But I didn't know how to receive answers from God. And so this was even as an adult. And I'd been a praying girl my whole life. And there were times where I just knew. But again, like I didn't know how to recognize it. And I would just spin myself in confusion all the time about, oh, do I, do I act on this? I don't know. I, I, you know, I would read scriptures and it'd be like, well, you're just, you'll feel this burning in your bosom. And I'm like, oh, okay. What's a bosom? First of all, like, okay, I know what a bosom is, but like a burning or a stupor of thought. I'm like, what does that mean? So I I actually remember praying for something and I would do this. I think I did this all in my teen years. So a stupor of thought means that you'll forget what it is that you were asking for. Right. 
And so I would ask for something and then I would just keep repeating that over and over again in my mind so I wouldn't forget what I was asking for. That's not actually what a stupor of thought is like. A stupor of thought is when you have a hard time holding on to it. So like your mind starts to wander and you're like, oh wait, what, what was I talking about again? Like your mind ever wandered in prayer before? Like, no, mine <laughs> too many times to count, right? But but it, but it'll cause you to forget. It'll it, That's what a stupor of thought is when God is telling you, hey, let's make a different choice here. Many times a, a stupor of thought is just, you have a hard time holding on to it. And what was I asking for? And your mind gets distracted with other things that are coming in. And it's just like, like it's, it's like that. So I wanted to create like a litmus test for nudges. So I could know when God was speaking to me. And one of the things that I did when I was barely, barely beginning to start developing my intuition, because we all have intuition, we all have the ability to receive inspiration, to to feel when God is with us and to get like inspired direction. Every single one of us are born with it, but it's also a skill. Receiving inspiration and understanding your intuition is definitely a skill. And some people are just more adept at it than others. And I wasn't very adept at it, I don't think, because I kept questioning all the time. I was in so much doubt all the time. When I first started learning how to really develop my intuition and start learning how God talked to me and how I received it in my own body and with my own experience, was I started jotting down directions that I got throughout the day. Now, it, it had to, like, this is my pre-litmus test to the litmus test I do now, but it feels like it might be helpful. And so if it was negative or um, judgmental or like talking down to me or condemning it all. I knew that wasn't from God. That wasn't a source that I could trust that was going to lead me in the right direction. So anything that was negative, I just pushed aside. But if it was neutral or positive, then I would jot it down and then I would try my best to follow it. Because that's the thing. If you're, if you're getting, if you're getting an intuitive direction, but you don't follow it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you ask your girlfriend to lunch 48 times and she keeps telling you no, eventually you stop asking because they're just not responding. Well, your angels and God and the spirit and your higher self is kind of the same way. Well, she's not going to listen anyway. And so like the, like the nudges get fainter and fainter and fainter until you're like, why am I all alone? Well, it's because you don't, you just haven't learned how to listen to them yet and then actually follow through with them. So I just got this little steno notebook and wrote down if it was positive or neutral, then I would do it. So for example, um, I would I would ask a question like, um, how do I feel better today? Is there somebody who needs me today? And then I would just jot down the answers that came. And it would be like, text your kids, text your kids and I love you, or text your, your friends. When I was first doing this, my kids were too young. They didn't have cell phones, but it was text your friend, uh, an emoji or text her, uh, just, and I love you. And I'm thinking of you text or send it to your husband or make cookies and drop them off for someone. So it was just like, it was like little things. It was little things like that. A lot of times I would get, go stand in the grass for five minutes and it was neutral and or positive, so I followed it. So I tracked that for a week, and then every time that I did what I felt like I should do or that idea that I had that came into my mind, I would just put a little check mark on it to see how how well I was following it. 
And that was how I got started. And that was like 10 years ago. So my my re- receiving antenna is much more uh, tuned in now because I've been practicing it for so long. And so this is the five-point litmus test that I have for receiving inspiration now and knowing whether it's from God or not. First and foremost, does it lead me to do good? Is this something that's leads me in a good direction? All right. Second, does this thought lift someone else up or have the potential of a double blessing? Okay. That's number two. Number three, does it invite me to be humble and to make God my source? This one's a big one. And most of us don't really understand what the true meaning of humility is. So we think it's self-deprecating. It's us not, you know, we can't take a compliment. It's the, ah, shucks, I don't deserve it kind of a thing. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a sorry sack of worthlessness and only God is good. It's, that's not what humility is. True humility is grateful acknowledgement that you have, that you rely on God for everything, that your abilities, your talents, your skills, everything that you have comes to you from God and God is your source. That's what humility is. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's totally fine. I am a Christian. And so I love this idea. I mean, if you think about Jesus Christ, He made no bones whatsoever about being the son of God. He did not apologize for it. He was bold. He didn't try to justify it. He didn't try to explain it away. He was like, oh, well, maybe I kind of sort of am like powerful and God's son and his only begotten. Like he, he didn't do that. He was just very bold. That's who he claimed. That's what he owned. And he was the most humble person, the most humble man to ever walk the earth. Why? Because he was always connected to God. He was always saying thank you to God for everything and always relying on God. And that is the true meaning of humility. So again, step number three, does it invite me to be humble and make God my source? All right, it's got to pass. It's got to pass that test as well. Number four, does my mind feel enlightened by this idea? Like, does it feel a little exciting? Does it feel expansive to you? That's number four. And number five, does my heart feel joy at the thought of following through with this idea? If you can answer yes to all five of those questions, it 100% passes the litmus test. If, if you can't answer yes to all of those questions, it doesn't mean that it's not from God for sure. Um, but there is a little bit of investigation that gets to happen with that. I really think that if it leads you to do good and it has a potential of lifting somebody else up or being a double blessing, that that is inspired direction from God and follow it all the time, 100% of the time. Because here's the thing. If it blesses somebody else's life, it has the potential to lift somebody else up, including you. Like you get to be part of the person that gets lifted up and it leads you to do good. Even if that's not, quote, inspired or it's not a nudge, it leads you to do good. It, 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 it's expansive to your soul. It connects you with joy. It, it connects you with those happy, feel-good emotions. You can't go wrong with it even if it wasn't inspired. All right? So just like trust that. You're not going to make a mistake if it has a potential of a double blessing. It lifts you or somebody else up and it leads you to do good. The ones where people really hold back on is when you're ready to make a big transition in your life or even a smaller transition. 
in your life. It's any time that we're up leveling to those ideas that come to us that feel expansive, that that enlighten our minds, that require us to trust God, make God our source, be humble. Um, that is a really great litmus test for those those bigger decisions to make. Now, I remember doing this just a little while ago with some team members, and I had had the impression to give them a raise. And it, it passed every single question except the fifth question. So it led me to do good. It lifted someone else up and what had the potential to be a double blessing. So it blessed my life and their lives. It invited me to be humble, to make God my source, because I was like, well, we got to make sure that we have supply to be able to sustain this raise. So you i.e. you got to keep the money flowing in God, right? So it encouraged me to make God my source and to trust him. My mind was enlightened by the idea, but I was not feeling joy by it. And so I thought, okay, well, this is really interesting. Why am I not feeling joy? Well, it's because one of my team members was giving me a whole lot of pushback because I was changing the pay structure and how and how I was going to run the company. And there was a whole lot of pushback. There was a lot of resentment that I could feel from her. There was a lot of curt things. And I felt like I was being held hostage emotionally. So it it felt like, well, if I'm getting this kind of pushback and this kind of resentment, and like it was just flowing to me, just the anger and frustration and just the best word to describe what was coming from her was resentment. And I was like, am I going to reward this behavior by giving her a raise? Like, why would I do that? That does not bring me joy. So I thought, oh, oh, this is worth exploring for sure. Now, why don't I feel joy? Well, I feel like I'm being held hostage emotionally. All right, why would she be in resentment? Oh, probably because she feels like she's being punished. Oh, that means I didn't articulate how restructuring the payment of my company is actually going to lead her to more money than she could ever make on an hourly wage. So I need to go back and I need to explain that to her that this is not to punish her or this is not a pay cut. This is actually so that you have uncapped income potential. So I was like, okay, so I need to have a clarifying conversation with her and get really clear on where we both are and what direction we want to move into. Because if she still is not up for that, then I need to exit her from the company and bring somebody in that will be a team player on, on that level. And so it was just, once I realized that, so much relief. And then I thought, okay, well, if if this conversation goes the way that I think it will and the way I hope it will, when I explain more fully what this actually is and help her see the vision of what this will lead her to, I really think she'll be on board for that. And then how do I feel about offering her a raise? Then the joy came in. And so so if it's not if it's not leading you to feel joy or if it's not expanding your mind or enlightening your mind instead of just like completely dismissing it as no that's just my own thought that's not a nudge from god those are worth exploring just a little bit to see and then you can make the decision from there and move forward and just just to let you know how it all ended 
it was a fantastic conversation. And she saw that vision. She jumped on board. The energy shifted. And I was like, I am so excited to be able to help facilitate her growth and help her make so much more money. So it was definitely a nudge, definitely a nudge, even though initially I wasn't feeling a whole lot of joy around it. So I just got to clean that up just a little bit. God communicates with you in very, very normal ways. Now, I also believe in angels. Now, I don't name my angels, so I, I don't, and I don't pray to angels too. I pray to God, and because I'm Christian, I pray and close it in the name of Jesus Christ. And however you pray is wonderful. It feel, if it fills your soul up with joy, that's working for you, so do that. This is just how I pray. I don't pray to angels. I do believe in angels for sure. And I do believe that we all have a team of angels that is assigned to us to walk with us through our entire lives. And they're also meant to guide us and to support us. And they are filled with unconditional love. But here's the thing. The main rule of heaven is free will. So you don't like get to encroach on anybody's will or anybody's agency. And, and it's why God lets us choose everything down to the thoughts that we have. Are we going to choose thoughts that fill us with fear and anxiety? Or are we going to choose thoughts that fill us with hope and optimism and contentment? So the angels aren't going to come in and be like, you're making a wrong decision. You got to take a right there instead of a left. They're, they're not going to do that. In fact, they really don't, they really can't act for us unless we ask them. Lest we ask them to help us. And they're just waiting around to help us. If you've seen that old Robert Downey Jr. show called Heart and Souls, that's kind of what I picture. And it, it was, it's a really fun show. You would love it. I recommend it. It's, you know, done in the 90s, maybe early 2000s. But it, I, I don't think that they're just like tethered to us and stuck to us all the time. Like that movie is how that portrays it. But it's just, they're they're your team. They're your angel team and they want to go to work for you, but you got to give them a job first. All right. So I got to give you, you know, my view on angels. I don't pray to them, but I talk to them. I talk to them regularly. I believe angels have names, but I don't really ask to know their names. I don't pray to Archangel Michael or Raphael or Gabriel or any of that. If you do, again, 100% okay. My angels are just a little bit more anonymous I think to me, but they definitely have a personality. My angels can get kind of sassy, but in a really great way. And they're just, they're fun and playful because they know I need more fun and play in my own life. So they're, they're there to hold that space for me and to help me in that and to encourage me in that. But here's the thing. They talk to you in ways and God talks to you in ways that are very normal and very natural to you. And they're very easy to dismiss because it just like weaves right along in your life. So it, it can come as just a very innocuous, innocent little thought. And it's just there and then it's gone. It's there and then it's gone. And my nudges come in my own voice, in my own language with, with zero judgment. So, you know, you could do that or not. It's not, you must do this. Now, there are times when I have had very powerful nudges where I have known like, this is my next best step. It's here. I am meant to take it. But again, it's not, you will take this step. I always, I always have the choice. You always have the choice about whether you're going to take that step or not. But most of the time, 
God speaks to us in ways that are easy to dismiss if we are not paying attention to it. And if we don't have our mind quieted, it's practically impossible to get those nudges because for the most part, God and your angels do not wield a two by four ready to bang you over the head with it. It's suggestions, it's ideas, and they come as whispers of thought most of the time. And it's all very natural. So they will communicate using any medium that they can through signs. And I'm talking literal signs, billboard signs, bumper stickers of they'll they'll communicate with you any way that they can. If you happen to have a meme that comes across your desk that answers a question or a quote, or you went to the wrong website, that's done in air quotes as well. Like those are your angels. Those are your angels trying to trying to get through and trying to let you know, hey, we're here and hey, like we got you. Give us a job to do and we'll help guide you. And so when I first started getting more aware of how my angels spoke to me, I started looking for ways that they spoke to me. And I would ask a question and then I would look for the answer. All right. We will find what we're looking for. So and and our mind is wired so that we're always right. So if we're looking for ways that life doesn't work for us, we will always find ways that life isn't working for us. If we're looking for ways to prove that we're alone in this world, we're going to find that because our mind, when we run that program, it filters out anything else that doesn't match it. So if we start expanding our awareness and start looking for ways that we're not alone, that we do have heavenly help with us and we do have messengers and we do we do have those angels around us that are supporting us and we start looking for it, then we'll find it. And, and they come in really delightful ways. I remember when I first got started and was really growing in my business and I lived in terror, I lived in doubt, I lived in um, insecurity all the time. You, you wouldn't know it to watch me, but I did. That's what I lived and breathed all day, every day, I even slept in doubt and anxiety. And I remember my first question to my angels was, are you there? And will you comfort me? Like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? And I, I remember thinking that and within just a few minutes, I got a text from my brother. And you got to understand something about my brother. Kyle, I love you so much. He is lousy at answering his phone or getting back to you in a text message. Like, I'm going to say lousy, like horrible, like he doesn't do it. (laughs) And so I get a text from him and he's just like, hey, I'm just thinking about you, wondering how you're doing. Whoa. Whoa. Comfort. I'm not alone. Love. I'm supported. Now, because I was new at this, I was like, well, you know, he probably like that could be a coincidence, right? You know what coincidence is, according to Albert Einstein? It's God's way of remaining anonymous. That's what coincidence is. So then I, but but it brought me comfort. That was what I wanted. It brought me comfort. I remember when my brother Tyler died in uh, April of 2011. So at the time of this podcast recording, almost 10 years ago, just about 10 years ago. And, oh, I was just decimated. I was absolutely devastated. And I remember listening to the radio and there were songs a lot of the time 
about um, called Lifehouse came on. A Lifehouse was pretty popular at the time, at least with the music genre that I listened to. And they were just um, just singing about being comforted and singing about not being alone and feeling like you're upside down in 10 feet of water. And, and, and are you here? And can you see me? And I was like, I remember thinking, man, I wish that were from God. I wish that was from my angels. And it was, it was, they'll use very natural mediums to converse with you. One of my favorite ways that my angels talked to me is through bumper stickers. Now, I enjoy and I can appreciate a well-placed swear word if it's in if it's in a well-placed if it's a well-placed swear, right? Like sometimes it's just not a crap storm. Sometimes there's no other way to describe it but a shit storm. Like and I get then I have like I tip my hat to that. There are, there are a couple of words that I'll never say because I don't think they're classy and I, and I have too much class for that. And I think they're really crass. Now, if you use those words, I don't care. This is just me. This is just my experience. One of the words is the F word. You'll never, ever, ever hear me say the F word because that's not classy. And I don't flip people off either. As much as there are times I want to, I'm just like, I have way too much class to be flipping people off. So like, I'll take a breath and just let it go. Other, other times I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's not classy to me to use the F word or to flip people off. So I'm driving and I'm getting ready to get on the freeway. And I happen to glance at, at a car that's driving next to me and their, their bumper sticker said, be classy. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And not two seconds later, this huge diesel truck freaking cut me off getting on the freeway. And so I had to like swerve, slam on my brakes and just like, cause he, he just merged. He didn't even look, he didn't even care that I was right there. Honestly, he just probably wasn't paying attention. He didn't see me there is what it was. He wasn't like, I'm going to ruin someone's life today. Right? Like how we think people are when they're driving. But I remember going, you really impolite person, because that little message be classy had just been delivered by my angels not two seconds before. That's one of the ways that they talk to you. When I was first getting going, again, I was in a whole lot of, I was in a whole lot of angst and anxiety all the time. And I remember working something downstairs in the basement. My kids were listening to music and they were listening to The Middle by uh, Jimmy Eat World, I think is who it is. But the chorus goes, it just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right, all right. Okay, so it's, you know, hey, I don't remember how the verses go. Doesn't matter, but that was the chorus. And I remember hearing it, but I wasn't really hearing it. And then it got louder and louder and louder. And I remember yelling at my kids like, will you turn the music down? I can't even concentrate. And then I heard it and it was the chorus. It just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right. All right. It was during that same time that I saw a sign that said, everything's okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. These are how my angels speak to me. And this is how they can speak to you as well if you are looking for it and if you will receive it. Now, I have my angels. I have angels that help me with everything. I have tax angels 
every tax season. I have tax angels and I'm just like, hey, anybody up there who really likes doing taxes, I can't find this form. I can't find the line. Will you just direct me to it, please? And inevitably I click on something and boom, there it is. Back in the day when I wore falsies, when I I was practicing with false eyelashes, oh my gosh, I was like a six-year-old playing in her mom's makeup. It was awful. It would take me 20 minutes to get one and I'd glue my eye out and it was just, oh, it was awful. And I remember thinking, I'll bet there's some angels up there that really love makeup and eyelashes. So I would call on my eyelash angels. I seriously did. All right, eyelash angels. Like I don't have time to do 20 minutes per eye. Will you help me? Every single time, boom, within two minutes, it was on. I loved it. It looked really great. So they'll help you with big things. They'll help you with small things. They'll help you with medium-sized things. They are here to assist you and they love you so much. Um, if, if you've got books that you feel inspired to read and you just open it up and you just read until there's something that pops out on you, pops out at you, usually within a page or two, there's your message. I mean, it's so practical. It's so grounded, but you can trust that that is coming from an intelligence that is so much higher than you and can see so much farther than you and wants you to know that you're not alone and is intimately part of every part of your life. So those are just some of the ways that I receive messages from my angels. These are some of the ways, the most practical ways that I can tell whether I'm getting nudged from God or whether this is inspiration. But I invite you to try those on, start experimenting with them, playing with them and seeing what you think, seeing how you feel and just start getting really aware of how your body and your ears receive messages from God and from heaven. I hope this has been helpful for you. Go pick up my prosperity guide if you're looking for other practical ways that will help you dissolve fear and any sort of blocks and really help you create success without struggle. Click on the link in the notes or you can go to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways. That's five, two ways. And you'll have a whole year's worth of things that you can do and little games that you can play that I did myself that helped me to dissolve fear and blocks and really start creating success without struggle. Stay with me next time. Next episode is all about moving forward. Oh no, is it God's will or mine? Is it okay if I move forward? So how to tell whether you're getting the green light to move forward and if it's God's will versus your will. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Prosperity Approach. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways and pick up your free copy of The Prosperity Guide. This guide will help you discover 52 different ways to dissolve fear and overwhelm, grow your wealth consciousness, and experience success without struggle. Until next time, remember, the challenge is necessary on your journey to success, but the struggle isn't. 